Do you suspect or even know if your teenager is using drugs? Do you struggle with figuring out what to do next? Do you feel overwhelmed, scared, or angry? Well, you are not alone. This is the Teen Drug Abuse Podcast, where we explore all the signs of teen drug abuse, reveal science-based impact, and share potential solutions that might just be the next thing you need to try. Here's your host, Ziv Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Teen Drug Abuse Podcast. Today with me is Nita Brady, an author and speaker, also the director and founder of Beyond the Walls. Nita helps families communicate about drugs and prevent drug usage and, and drug abuse and drug addiction from a very, a very early age, even as early as as soon as they get to a school. And I'm so happy to share this conversation with you. Hello, Nita. Hi, how are you? Oh, hello, Ziv. It's so nice to be with you today. Thank you. You're, we're talking now, you're all the way from Modesto, California, where you write your books and you speak and, and you help parents and kids and educate kids. I yes. want to start by talking about the, the actual topic of drugs, like communicating this with kids. Is that something mm-hmm. that parents should be proactive about that? And how do you actually start? Well, yes, absolutely. We're living in a day and age where children are beginning to experiment with drugs at a younger and younger age. And unfortunately, many middle school and younger are actually dying from drug overdose. So parents and grandparents really do need to talk to their children about the dangers of drugs. And There are actually a, a group of books. I'm, I'm part of a group called the Wingman, Wingman Team. And Wingman Books are books written specifically to help prevent children to go down that drug path, which could also lead to incarceration, criminality and incarceration. So I have four award-winning Wingman books. There are several other authors that also have written these books, and they're for elementary, middle school, and early high school. So these are tools that could be used, very colorful, they're engaging the books, and they all have the same message about choices, the choices we make, consequences, and they all have a drug prevention message. So these would be good tools for parents, grandparents, teachers, anyone that anyone that is working with children. What would you recommend will be the setting of like such like an initial conversation where a parent wants to approach his kid and, and start a conversation, start talking about the risks mm-hmm. of drugs? Well, the books make it really easy. And I would say there is a website. It's called Wingman BKS for the number four kids.com. Wingman Books for Kids. Com. It's as simple as saying, hey, I got this book. I heard it was really good. Let's read it together. Let's read it together and discuss it. School counselors can do the same thing. They're dealing with children that perhaps the, there's a parent that's incarcerated due to drug issues, or there could be an older sibling that has drug issues. And it's affecting, I mean, it, it does affect the entire family. So now this younger child is... acting out or being very withdrawn 
And so school counselors can use these books as well to just have a conversation with the kids. But really, since we're talking about parents, grandparents, I'm a firm believer these things should start at home. And uh, But a lot of parents really don't know how to start this conversation. And so the books do offer, they're great resources and tools. For example, one of your books is called Zico, The Bunny Who Lost His Way. Give us like the brief, please, of uh, what your book is all about. <laughs> okay. So I'm a bunny lover. I actually have real bunnies. And Zico is real. He's a real bunny. And all the bunnies that are in the book are based on real bunnies that I have. And so I got this idea that what we need to keep in mind is that when someone begins to have strange behavior, a child or a teenager or even an adult begins to have kind of secretive and strange behavior, that it affects everyone. So Zico ends up going down this forbidden path. He gets into this patch, marijuana, actually, and it It's affecting him. He's acting very strangely. And so I bring in the concepts of support that the rest of the bunnies are very concerned about him. They actually have an intervention. He actually gets a sponsor. And so there's a lot of, and then I have discussion questions at, at the end. In fact, most of the books do have either some kind of discussion questions or le- even lesson plans for teachers. So it's really, they can see this Because it's they're little animals, you know, it's really a safe way to talk to them about it. How did Zico's friends feel? How did Zico get help? So it's, it's actually pretty powerful and sweet at the same time. And at the end of the book, I have photos of my real bunnies. So kids really like it. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Some parents listening to this show have a situation where their teen is going through... A lot with drug abuse or misuse or addiction even, and their siblings, their younger siblings, are scared or, or confused, and they, they see something is going on. They are not really sure exactly all the details. What would you recommend to those parents? How can they communicate the situation with the younger ones? Well, I will say the worst thing that you can do is completely ignore the younger siblings or act like nothing is going on because believe me, they know something is going on. They hear snippets of conversation. Sometimes it's more than just snippets. They hear things. And a lot of times these kids don't have a voice. Like I have support groups for children that have family members that are either incarcerated or that have addiction issues. And I've heard over, I've been doing this, this particular part of my outreach for about 10 years. I've also worked with teens for 25 years. So I've heard them a lot. And one of the things that comes up is they, they don't have a voice. And the parents thinking that they're doing the right thing by sort of shielding them from it or ignoring it, not discussing it, that's the worst thing you can do. You absolutely do need to have really open communication with your children about what is going on and then hopefully prevent them from going down the same path because as if this is the reality in the research that I've done 70% of children who have family members incarcerated or addicted will go down the same path 70% without intervention 
So there absolutely has to be prevention and intervention or else this is, we already have a huge problem, but we've got to stem the flow. Really. We've got to do whatever we can to empower these kids to make different choices. What's your point of view about weed in particular? We've mentioned weed when Zico the bunny was affected by weed in the story, but a lot of kids, they tell their parents, this is not really drugs, it's only weed. It's legal in so many places, maybe even in the actual country, in state. And how do you even deal with those claims? What do you tell the, the kids? Well, it's an illusion to think that it's not going to impact that child in some way. Their thinking, their motivation, and for many, it is a gateway drug. It starts out with weed, and then it somebody, especially with peer pressure, and a lot of kids really have that strong need to be accepted and to have a group that they feel they're a part of. And if everybody else is, hey, let's try this now, they're more susceptible once they've opened that door and they're, they're just, just doing weed, it absolutely can lead to other drugs. And, it, and even if it didn't, it does impact the way that a child thinks And like I said, their motivation, there's a lot of ways that it impacts them in a negative way. So, yeah. And these days, kids can actually buy drugs with as little as a phone and some apps. Talk to us a little bit about that. What should parents do? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've done some research on this lately because I, did, I was doing a presentation at, about how to empower parents about this. and. Education is huge. And I would suggest that parents and grandparents look online, look at the, the Drug Enforcement Agency, DEA. They have a whole list. There's more than 40 icons that kids use to order drugs on their phone. And parents have no idea. I mean, it, like one of them looks like a little snowman and there's another one looks like a rocket. I mean, you don't know what these are and they, they really stand for different drugs that they can order. And so first of all, they need to really be paying attention to what is on that kid's phone. What is on the phone? What is this icon? What does this mean? And intervene as much as possible. And, you know, parents really need to be empowered. A kid having a phone, that's a privilege. Uh, they don't, most of them, they don't, they're not paying for it. Parents have every right to see what their kids are looking at on their phone. Every right. And they need to do it to protect their children. So that's one thing. Really educate yourself about how these kids are using these icons and ordering drugs like this. Recently, there's been some very alarming uh, data and research about fentanyl and how it affects younger teens. Can you give us a little bit of, of an explanation of like, what is this drug? What, what, uh -oh. what, what's going on and what can we do? It's horrible. It's really horrible. Okay, I've worked in a hospital for many years, and fentanyl was used in the hospital, like in the operating room, the, that kind of fentanyl. The fentanyl that we're seeing on the street, it's mostly made in China. It is sent to Mexico. It's put together in Mexico, and it's coming across our border, like unbelievably across our border. Actually, there was the DEA seized enough fentanyl 
this past year to kill every single American. That's how much fentanyl they seized. But there's much more that is still getting through. And the really alarming thing, it's sickening, really, that some of this fentanyl actually looks like candy. It looks like Skittles. It looks like nerds. It looks just like candy. And there's some of it that looks like sidewalk chalk. If these kids get this, if they eat one of those, or if they get that chalk on them, not that's not chalk, real. It's got fentanyl in it. It can kill them. And actually, parents need to know. The most alarming thing is that the largest age group, the growing age group of children, of people dying from fentanyl is under 14. Fentanyl overdose, the largest growing group right now, is under 14 years of age. So that's a talk that I talk to the kids in my support groups as young as six years old. I give them the fentanyl talk. And you know, it's amazing. A lot of them know. I'll ask them, who's ever heard of fentanyl? And most of the hands go up. These are like between six and 11 years old. And they do know about it. And so we talk about that. Like somebody's going to offer you candy, what looks like candy, and you don't, you don't know this person. This is not your family. This is not somebody you trust. You need to, don't take it from them at all. And probably should go. If this is at school, you go and you tell somebody. You tell somebody that somebody's offering you candy and you don't know this person. So yeah, it's it's very, very disturbing. We have other cases of, of teens taking it. Well, it's mixed with other drugs as well. Fentanyl is getting into all kinds of street drugs. And so a lot of teens that think they're just taking a Xanax or something like that, for all they know, it's got fentanyl in it, and a lot of them are dying. So this is just a, it's a crisis. It's a huge crisis. So I just want to read out a few, a few numbers out of the DEA website, just to clarify how serious the situation is and what all the, these details that Nita just mentioned, like actual data from the DEA website. So in 2022, the DEA seized more than 57.7 million fentanyl-laced fake pills and more than 13,700 pounds of fentanyl powder. And the implication of these seizures is that they had enough material to give a lethal dose to 410 million people. 410 million people Like that's how much fentanyl they seized. And in 2023 alone, as of now, they already seized over 8 million pills and continuing to work on that. Just like really something like you need to be aware of and be able to talk about it and be aware of it. Uh, What's the biggest risk of fentanyl except for overdose and death? Is there like... How fast is it addictive? It's very addictive. It's very, very addictive. And if it doesn't kill them, it completely destroys their life. It completely destroys their life. And, you know, we're still seeing a lot of other drugs out there like heroin and meth. We're still seeing those out there. But fentanyl is is the, the really deadly one. It also, if it doesn't kill them, it will addict them terribly. It's it's highly, highly addictive. So this has been a, a scary conversation. What about, do you have some hope for us, some story of like, what keeps you in the game to continue to do all this conversation? Is there some bright side of your work? 
Well, I do believe that what I'm doing, and I'm sure hopefully there are other people are around the country that are becoming more and more aware that we've got to intervene. We've got to intervene and help these kids. And I really feel like, I mean, I've had a lot of, in terms of the support that children feel when I do these support groups in schools and community centers and anywhere I can do it. I don't charge anybody for anything that I'm doing. And one thing that I have noticed is that it really is empowering to children to have a place where they can have a voice and talk about these things, whether it's that it's an addiction in their family or whether it's incarceration. And I have had, well, I'll just tell you one story. There's a little girl recently, this is at my most recent support group, Beyond the Walls, that I was doing. And this little girl came in, she's like, oh, I think she's nine. I think she's nine years old, maybe nine or 10. And both of her parents, she was living in another state. Both of her parents got incarcerated due to drug-related issues and got sent here to California to live with a grandmother that she never knew. So here she is in a different place, living with a grandmother that she doesn't know. Both parents are incarcerated. And but she loved coming to our support group. She would come in early every day and leave the latest every day so that she could help us clean up. And at our little graduation, we always have a graduation at the end. Well, let me back up. The week before graduation, she came in looking real sad, which was very, very unusual for this little girl. And I asked her what was going on. And it was her aunt, 21 years old, the mother's sister had just died of a fentanyl overdose. And she was very, very sad. And so we supported her through that. And when she, at the graduation, I got to talk to the grandmother and she said, these classes helped her so much to know that she was not alone, that there are other children that are dealing with these issues of family members having addiction and having incarcerations and that she was not, she felt like she was not alone anymore. And also, she was very, very inspired by my speakers. I have speakers that come in that when they were children, their families had these issues. And unfortunately, they went down the same path. They ended up doing drugs and getting into and being incarcerated. And then they turned their lives around. And so now they want to give back. And they come to my groups, the powerful speakers, and share their stories. And it really did impact impact this this little girl told her her grandmother. And so I feel like it is making a difference for kids. And it's kind of like that starfish story where the little boy was throwing the starfish back in the ocean. And the man says, you know, you there's so many starfish, you can't help them all, you know, because the little boy's like, well, they're gonna die if I don't put them in. And and then the little boy throws one in and he says, it helped that one. And that's exactly how I feel that we've got to help, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, the kids that we're teaching, counseling, if we can help one, it's going to make a difference. So I'm hopeful and and I really would encourage anybody hearing this, anybody can do this. You don't have to be special. Anybody can do this. All you have to do is care, care about these kids, get them together, get them in a room. I work with school counselors. They're more than happy to let me come in and do these support groups. Also, I 
in my books. I do have my website, my email. I have my email in there. Anybody can can contact me if you would like to be coached in how to do these support groups for the kids. I'm more than happy to do that. And I I really also urge you to go onto the website, the womenbooksforkids.com. There's not just my books, but a lot of other books written by several of us authors. My books are all award-winning. So they're they're good quality books. So I I that's what I would leave people with is that I do believe there's hope. I do believe there's hope, but we have got to number one communicate number two well and number one is educate educate yourself number two communicate and i think that a lot of times as parents we get so immersed into the roller coaster of handling the teen that is yes. uh, using drugs but we forget that there's other kids there are other siblings that are confused and are at a real risk of yes. uh, following the footsteps of their older uh, brother or sister so Absolutely. I want to thank you, Nita, for all that you do to help empower those conversations and, and empower parents by with the ability to to hold these conversations with your books and with your speaking and with your groups and with everything that you do. We will put it in the show notes of this episode. We'll put all the links so people can find your books and oh, thank uh, you. learn more about you. And I want to thank you again, Nita, for uh, this interview. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you everyone for listening for another episode of Teen Drug Abuse. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Teen Drug Abuse Podcast. To get additional resources and support, go to teendrugabuse.co.